Good morning. Today, Bezat Shem will be learning Daf Lamed Zayin in Maseches Yevamos. Let's start eight lines up from the bottom of Lamed Vavam Beis. Uh, a couple of halachas here. The case of the Yevama that got married a little prematurely. Amalei Ravashi Levoshia, Bereder of Idi. Hasam Tnan. We learned Tnan usually means a Mishnah. In this case, it's a Brisa. <coughs> right? In other words, a child that is born and Khalila does not survive 30 days is considered a Nefel. Once it's reached 30 days, it's no longer a Nefel. It's considered, it's not a non-viable child, which is to say it's a viable child. Okay? That's the double negative there. It's a no nafel. It's a it is a viable child. But until thirty days, it's a suffix, right? Now what does this have to do with Khalitza Nyvima and in Yibum? Well, if it's not a nafel, once the child reached thirty days, it's as Rashi says, Poters Imo Mina Khalitza, right? She's not gonna need Khalitza, she's not gonna need Yibum. We've already discussed this. So now the Itmar regarding this 30 days thing, they had a following case. The mother <coughs> never occurred to her that this child wouldn't survive 30 days. That is what happened. But as soon as she had the child, right, so the husband dies, childless. But Leaves his wife, widow with child. She's pregnant. She has a babe and she meets a guy and they want to get married. Well, she waits. Now, don't forget, we have already discussed yesterday, there's a Durabunan idea that you have to wait until you get married. Meet Durabunan. It says 24 months, really, maybe Bismana said it's different, but the point is you have to wait a certain amount, certainly three months, right? Um, but you have to wait a certain amount if you're nursing. Um, three months is just to know who the father is, as we've discussed. But in order to, if you're nursing and you're pregnant, then you have to wait a, longer in order to nurse the child. But here, she did not do so. So she was over the Durabanan and she got married. But not only did she get married within 24 months, she got married within Shloshim. Uh-oh. What happens here? Is well, she got married after. It doesn't have to be within shloshim of the of when she was sitting, you know, shiva. It's the shloshim yom from the birth of the child. Okay, <clears throat> within thirty days of the birth of the child. Sure enough, the child dies. So wait a minute. Once the child dies, she was required retroactively. She's a yavama. Now this is amda benit kacha. She didn't marry one of the brothers. She was mitkacha. Um, Lashuk, okay. She married just a guy that she was set up with. So, but that guy that was set up with stepped in, and that's a yavama lashuk. That's an isser as well. So, fascinating halacha. What's the halacha? So, Ravina mishmei the Rava Amar im eishes Yisrael he cholatzes. So, Ravina says like this. Listen, listen. Yavama lashuk here is a problem. So, let's do chalitza, okay? If she is, in other words, the one who she accepted Kiddushin. The wife of Israel means that the person who she met and married now is Israel. okay? 
Now, he's allowed to marry a divorced woman. So what is she going to do? Turns out, retroactively, she was a Yavama, and therefore she should do Chalitza. Uh, you know, this sounds like uh, the, the Chalitza will work retroactively in this case. Okay? And then she should do Chalitza, and then she can continue her relationship and her marriage to this new Israelite. She will do so as having been a Grusha, but at least the marriage going forward will be okay. Because even though it turns out that she was a Yavama and she shouldn't have gotten Lashuk, she gets the retroactive Chalitza. Fine. Where it gets complicated, or even more complicated, is Rim Eishas Koini Einacholetzas. Right? If the, this, again, it means the man that she now married is a Kohen, so then she can't be Cholatzas. Why? As Rashi says, the last Rashi, Lambavan Beis, Sheim Tichlots Te Aser love. And therefore, what do you do? Says Rashi, Einacholetzas. That is a chiddush indeed. In other words, she's not choletzes, but she could still continue to live with the Kohen. So why? Because let's not forget what's going on with the Doraisa here. Well, me Doraisa, this 30 days does not necessarily, that, that's a Darabonon. Right? So, Midar Raisa, once the child is born, she actually is Pater from Yibum. So, but you're supposed to wait 30 days. That's why we, but, but she didn't wait 30 days. But that's why we let her, if she's with the coin. So now what are we doing, Barry? We're prioritizing. We're saying, ideally, wait 30 days. You didn't wait 30 days. So, if he's a coin, so then you can't do Chalitza, so then continue to live him. But if he's an Israel, then in addition to that, we are going to ask you to do chalitza. That's more ideal. So the most ideal is to wait. The second most ideal is to get the retroactive chalitza. And then the last resort is you can continue to live with the Kohen and don't get chalitza because you can't do that because that's a worse iser, right? Um, that's an iser lav for Kohen to marry Grusha, Midoraisa. And therefore, we're going to do away with the Durban of the 30 days, we're going to do away with the Durbanon of requiring the Chalitza, and we're just going to say of the Ivama, uh, uh, the Ivama um, that, this, that this woman, we're going to rely, as Rashi says, some Chinan Alavlad, in order to say that she's not a Yavama, and that she, in fact, could remain married to the Kohen. Wow. So that was the Shita so of Ravina. Rav Misharshi, however, says, Mishmei the Rava, he quotes Rava. So Ravina and Rav Misharshia are both quoting Rava, but they're saying two different halachas. Rav Misharshia heard in Shir, Achazu v'achazu choletzes. Wow. That Rav Misharshia recalls that in Shir they're saying that she's going to accept chalitza even if she's married to the Kohen. Well, how is she going to do that? She undergoes chalitza, and then what is she going to do? She's going to stay married to the Kohen? Well... Apparently so. So how does that work? So Amalei Ravina of Misharshia. What are you saying? As we arrive to Lamadayin Amadalaf. So Ravina is saying to, to Rav Misharshia that, yeah, that Be'ursa Amar Ravahachi. Apparently this was a very long shear. Maybe it was Shavuos night. At night, Rava said, like you said, that she has to go Chalitza even if she accepted Kedusha from a coin. However, B'tzafra Haderbe. By the next day already, by the next morning, when Rava was giving Shira on the same topic, he already came around to the idea that if she's a Kohen, she does not accept Chalitza. So Amalei, so Meshashia said to Rabino, Sharisu, 
You're going to let her continue to be married without chalitza? Now, obviously, there's conflicting issues here, right? To allow her to be married without chalitza, so it depends how seriously you take this 30-day nafel thing, right? If you really believe that a child that did not survive 30 days is as if he did not live ever at all, so then she's literally a Yavama. Then this woman needs to have Yubum. How could she be married to anybody else, right? She has a Zika, right? She has a Zika. That's an Isra de Araisa. So he says, Amalei Sharisu. Mishash say, really? You're going to let her marry without Chalitza? Yehi Rava de Tishuraf Tarba. You know, simpler times. Simpler times. Um, when you, you know, what these curses mean, we always quote that, uh, that there are sources that talk about what every, uh, every one of these curses mean. But he said, Yei Rava, you know, Yei Rava Kadamach, the Siftach Libaiba Here it's may be the will, that's what we mean when we say Yei Rava, may be the will of Hashem that you're going to permit Chazer Treif to be eaten as well. The Tishru Aftarba. Meaning, if you're allowing a Yavama to stay married, Lashuk, that's like allowing Chazer Treif to be, to be Badatz, to be kosher. So that, was their discussion, okay? So really, this is this idea of, again, priorities. How seriously would you take this nafel of 30, 30 days? Okay, now, so now, talking about chalitza, where sometimes we do not do the chalitza, right, in order, in order to avoid the woman being considered a grusha to her husband, we have the following case. So now let's go back to this following case. You have, this woman is pregnant, right? Or nursing, and she's married to a Kohen. So again, the Kohen is marrying a pregnant or nursing woman. Now we're going to see, this is different. As I mentioned before, there is a Gezeira Darabona not to marry a pregnant or nursing woman. Okay, now what, what we're going to try to do here, right, Rav Ashi is going to try to create an equivalency in the case. Like, let's say a Kohen marries a pregnant woman. So if a Kohen marries a pregnant woman, that's a violation of Darabonan. <laughs> is, like, is that similar to our case? In our case, we're talking about whether the nafel, whether the child existed or not. Well, if the child didn't exist, that looks like it would be an Issa Daraisa. But let's see it inside. Are these two cases going to be the same? In other words, if you're going to say that the Kohen can remain married to the woman in the case of the nafel, then you should be able to say, and, and therefore we don't require Chalitza, so maybe that would be the case in the pregnant woman as well. Let's see. Let's say a Kohen marries a Muberes, Chavero, Menekas Chavero, Mi Avod Rabbanon Takanta Lekohen Alo. The Rabbanon say, similarly, that the Kohen doesn't have Chalitza. As Rashi says over here, Da'afagab Dili Yisrael Be'inon Yotzi Beget, right? They're going to say, and we've already learned, we learned it yesterday, that if Yisrael marries a Muberes, we're going to say, you know what? Divorce her with a get until Achegio's mano, right? So, and then you can actually, in that particular case, assuming she doesn't marry anybody else, you can give her a get. As we will see, there is a question of whether, um, uh, the, of what you do if you don't give her a get, but Milachatchila, Chachamim, this was their idea. A person marries a Meinekes, give her a get, wait until she finishes with the baby. And then you marry her afterwards, right? That's what Rashi says. And then, right? You can wait for her. Right? But that idea of Chazal would never apply to a Kohen because once he gives her a get, he can't remarry her. 
So maybe we're going to say, Tesagi Behafrasha Be'alma. Maybe just don't divorce, separate. So did we allow that? Did Chazal, who said, in a normal case of a person married in Meineket, in a normal case, they said, give her a get. When I say normal case, I mean a non-Kohen. So in that, if, so in that case, they said, give her a get. Would they say, in the case of a Kohen, that you don't have to give her a get? That you actually could just separate? Servoshia says back to Rabashi, Amalei, hachi hashta? Wait a second. You thinking from the case of the Nafel that we're going to actually create some sort of equivalency and learn something from that that's relevant to this case of a, of a Kohen that marries a Meinekes? Bishlema hasam. I can understand the case of a Nafel. Why are, we, why are Chazal going to allow not Chalitza to not occur? Came at the Ika Rabbanon, the Pligia later, Shimon Gamliel, because regarding the Nafel, regarding the 30 days, there's a machlokis. The Amri Afagav, the Lo Shav, Lad Me'al Yavi. There was, in fact, a machlokis regarding this issue. You have to look back to Mesecha Shabbos. It's a different context, nonetheless. But if you look at Shabbos, right, Kuflam and Vav, you'll see that there's a machlokis about whether a child, once he's born, is already considered right away a child. And we can superimpose that potentially on Yibum and rely on the Rabbanon to say, you know what, this woman is no longer Yavama. Once a child is born, she is a release to the Shuk, and therefore we rely on that in order to release her and allow her to marry the coin without Chalitza. However, so right, so therefore in that case, says the Gemara, Kabiyesh's coin came into Lo'efshar of Dinan Karabanan. Came into Lo'efshar, meaning since we can't do Chalitza. She's already an Ashish coin, right? Andrew, I mean, it was a shotgun wedding. What do you want me to do? They jumped the gun, they went to Vegas, and they're married already, right? Found the rabbi in Vegas, Barry. It's not like, um, but, but they're married. So you know what? Let's rely on the Rabbanon. Abdin and Karabana, let's rely on the Rabbanon, say that the child was okay retroactively, not require chalitza, and that case works. Abel Hacha. Here, Keman Navid. Here, you married a pregnant or nursing woman. So who are you going to hold like? Ikirabi Meir, Ha'amar Yoytzi Vilayachzir Alamis. The Ikirabanon, Ha'amri Beget. Which is to say, as we said before, <laughs> there's two shitas here. Rameir says, Rameir is the more machmir. The more mekel she does the rabbanon. The rabbanon say that you have to give her a get. The more rameir, who's more machmir, says, "Well, you know what? Whether you give her a get or not, I don't know. But you're never marrying this woman again. So either way, this kohen is now married to this woman. So according to rameir, we're definitely not going to do it. And according to rabbanon, we're also stuck because you have to give a get. So miman of shach. Right? Either way, the kohen would be also to her. Okay. So." What basically what Ravoshi is replying to Ravashi is that the two cases do not, in fact, reflect each other, and the fact that you um, the fact that you do not have to do chalitza in the case of the nafel is not necessarily going to inform the case of the person who married a meinekes um, in terms of whether he can give a chalitza or not. That case is more complicated. He has to separate for sure. So now, regarding that idea, marrying the pregnant woman again. Let's let's uh, talk about a similar lach eleven lines down. Itmar. Okay. So now we're talking about that three months. The three months. The man did what? He married a woman, but he didn't do nisuin, mind you. That's important. He did kiddushin within three months of her divorce or death of her first husband. As we've learned, you have to wait three months because you need to know who's the father of the baby. You need to know is this going to be a preemie of the new guy. Or, right, an overbaked child of the first guy. It's very important. 
So he married her within three months. And then he ran away. So the fact that he ran away might be a good thing. Because, and as Rashi says, this is Shum Almana or Gurusha. This is not a Yibum case. Right? This is just going to be any case. So what do you do? Pligi Baravach Avravram. There was a machlokus regarding that case. Chad Amar Misham Tinan Lei. So one of the shitas is Misham Tinan Lei means you put him in Cherem, which is to say we put a ban on him, right? Because he was never supposed to marry her. He was never supposed to be Duki Dushin within three months. And so we're not going to let him come back and reunite with this woman and actually continue with, let's say, Nisuin. The Chad Amar Eruke Mistaye. Ooh. An interesting shita. What does that mean? An arik in the army means a uh, person, a, a soldier who um, left left the field and disappeared. An arik. Ask me how I know, Andrew. Deserted. deserted. Right. Thank you. That's the word. A deserter. So usually, a deserter has a negative connotation. This deserter is not the worst deserter. Why? Mistaye. It's enough. What does that mean? And, and it follows. The fact that he ran away was not a bad thing. What do you do? He loved this woman, let's say. Okay, we'll use right modern parlance. So he loved this woman. He didn't want to lose out. But he knows that he's not supposed to be with her for another 24 months. He can't take it, Andrew. So what did he do? He's mechanic her, like as if he's reserving her for later. And then he just skips down. He'll come back. He'll be back in two years. And he'll, mar- and he'll do Nisuin then. Right? That's, that's the reason why he ran away. Oh. So if that's the reason why he ran away, so maybe we're not going to put him in cherem and say, okay, the fact that you left is a good thing. When you come back, you'll, you'll consummate this marriage. So, hava uvda, sure enough, Barry, this actually happened once. So, the Amar lahu, and what did Rafam say to them then? Amar lahu Rafam, eruke mistaye, that ended up being the lacha, right? Rashi says, lo get, the galidaita, the lo He doesn't have to write a get. Ideally, we want him to write a get. Right, the machlokas between, uh, right between Rabbanon, it sounded like Rabbi Meir and Rabbanon. They say like disappear forever or write a get. The question is, if you don't write a get and you just disappear before you did that, so Raphram was make him. He said, come back. Um, that machlokas was uh, okay. Well, right. So so yeah. So so that was uh, with the case of. Um, of the, uh, whatchamacallit, the pregnant or nursing woman. Here it's the, the three months halacha. I don't know if that would apply. But be that as it may, um, in the case of the three months, that get we could do away with in a case where he runs away. Okay. Um, it might apply. It sounds like it's a very similar consideration. But, I mean, the two different considerations. One is we want to know who the father is. The other one, is, the other, in other words, the Xeradar Bonin for the 30 days for the three months is we want to know who the father is and the Xerder Abanan for the, you know, nursing and pregnant is we want her to have the opportunity to, to nurse and take care of the, uh, nurture the baby. But it sounds like a similar Xerder Abanan, albeit for different reasons. Either way, uh, Raphim in the case of the three months said that we let him come back. And it makes sense, right? Because if Mikadashur and he's not going to do Nisuin, right? So all he did was reserve her, Barry. He did the Kiddushin and then he disappeared. So, What's the problem, right? We're going to know who the father is because only the original right husband was ever with her in that way. So 
Um, so maybe that would apply also in the case of the 24 months where, again, she's able to nurse and do all these things that she needs to do. So if she disappears and gives her the time and the space, maybe we'll let him back even without a get. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So now Suffolk Ben Tisha. What, what did Suffolk Ben Tisha happen over here? Yeah. So he said, it's a Suffolk whether you did an Isser Karis Bishogig here. Remember? That was when we were going to bring an Asham Taloi, right? Whether you're not sure... Uh, well, you didn't know that there was going to be, uh, that there was a baby, and you didn't know, and so you didn't know what was going on, and beyond that, right, there was a shogeg of a, of the shogeg of the shogeg, basically. It's a suffix of the shogeg. The shogeg would be that you were with this woman, you didn't realize she was pregnant. And then here's the suffix, whether this child is from that union or not. Okay. So, Amar Lei, Rabbler of Nachman, in other words, what's going on? This, this baby was born, right, seven months after uh, the new guy jumped the gun and, and married her. Well, it's more than likely that he's a child of the first husband. Because, after all, if it would have been to term, like most, most babies are, then it must be seven months means that nine months ago she was with, right? In other words, the child was born seven months after the marriage to the new husband. So chances are he was conceived nine months ago when she was still married to the original husband. And that is a rove. Okay, fine. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to consider it, if that's true, if we're going to go according to rove, then we're going to say that certainly, right, this Yavam and Yavama, however, had a real problem, right? Because that means that what? That means that this is an ashes ach. That means that he actually had a viable child and therefore there's no yibum required. Uh-oh. Then, so what's the issue? The issue is like this. Again. Huh. What was the suffix? The suffix was in our Mishnah that you bring in asham taloi because you don't, you didn't know. The reason why you normally would bring a chatas is because you didn't know the woman was pregnant. And then the reason why you bring an Asham Tolu is because you don't know whose child this is, right? So you have a suffix about something which was a shogeg. But here, if we go according to Rove, then we assume that for sure this child belonged to the first husband, and therefore you do not bring an Asham Tolu, you have no suffix. You simply bring the Chattas, just like we do in all the other cases. So should we bring a Chattas or an Asham Tolu? Well, if you don't know, then you bring an Hashem Tali, if you don't know who the father is. But if you know who the father is, and, there, and therefore if you can assume based on Rove that the father was the first, was the first husband, therefore you should not be bringing an Hashem Tali, as the Mishnah says. Rather, you should be bringing a Chattas. So Amalei, Nashe Didan L'Shiva Yaldan. Wow. A biological answer. If Nachman says, our women, yeah, they, they give birth prematurely all the time, therefore there is no rope, and that's why you bring an Asham Tali. That's what our Mishnah reflects. So I'm like, Nasha did have a Ruba da Alma. The Mishnah reflects your women. <laughs> your women are the, do they reflect, do they reflect the whole world? How do you define the perimeter of what a rove is? You think the Mishnah cares about your women more than anybody else's? And that's why the Mishnah says Asham Tali? That doesn't make any sense. Most women, if you go the world over, is nine months. And guess what? The Mishnah is talking about most women, not your community. Okay. So I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. This is what I meant. Yes, like we know, most women go to term, nine months. And there's a minority that have preme, preemies. 
after seven months. However, in every case where a woman has, this is, whether this is biologically true is not for now, but every woman who goes to term, right, for nine months, you could already tell, right, when she's entering her second trimester, she has like uh, a little, uh, she's showing. And this woman, she wasn't showing uh, as she entered her second trimester. Therefore, Israele Ruba. And therefore, the rove doesn't exist, right? Israele means it's weakened. The rove doesn't exist because it seems already like an unusual pregnancy. In other words, yeah, if you already could tell, right, four months into it, which would be in this particular case, like if you could already tell three months ago or whatever, three, four months ago that she was really showing, then, okay, then probably this was a preemie, but this woman wasn't showing. No, so now already the rove is affected by that, okay. So Gemara asks, Wait a minute, if you're going to use this aspect of showing or not showing to determine whether this was the seven-month baby preemie or a full-term baby, so then... The fact that she wasn't showing might be a rove in the other direction. That's, that makes sense, right? In other words, three months ago she wasn't showing at all. And now she, and now she has, uh, a baby. Wait a minute. So if she wasn't showing three months ago, maybe that's because she was certainly, right, the, con- uh, conceived with the second husband. Ah, right? Since you didn't know, right, in the, you didn't, she wasn't showing at all in her, Second, as she entered her second trimester, Uber certainly this child is the, is the second husband's, um, Ella Ema, but we certainly don't say that. So, what are we going to say? Right? If it's the second husband, he doesn't have to bring a chatas or anything. If it's the second husband's, then he just did a proper yibum. So, why does he bring an, uh, an Asham Talais? Yeah. Usually, a woman is showing as she enters the second trimester. However, what is the fact that she not that she wasn't showing accomplished? It weakens the rove, but it does not at all verify that which who was the father. Okay, it weakens the rove, right? If she was giant, you know, women don't like uh, these terms, but if she was giant already, right? <laughs> Five months ago, obviously the, the husband was the, the, the father was the first husband, or at least that could, you could use that as a rove. But this woman was never showing. And so the woman was never showing, so there is no rove. We really just don't know. Okay. And therefore it's an Hashem Tali. Fine. Now, either way, the Mishnah said, what is the status of the child? So you might recall me Manavshach. The child himself is fit. This one child, this first child, he is going to be kosher. According to all the shitos, because after all, if the original father was the father, then fine, that was his father. And it was certainly conceived in a kosher way. And if the second father was the father, then that means that his original father died childless, and therefore he was a, a conceived in a kosher yibum. Now, the second father, right, should never have, should never have been miyabim, a pregnant woman, but he didn't know. So that child, regardless, is going to be kosher anyway. Whether the father knew or he didn't know, it's either yibum or a purely kosher conception from the first husband. So we're good. That child is good. Yeah, tanner banan, but let's, let's carry it through. Rishon Rayelios Koin Gadol. He's kosher as they, as they get. The first child could be kosher, Koin Gadol. But what about the Shani? Uh-oh. 
Kasheni mamzer misafek. Right? Barry, how do they have another child? The first child, of course, is good. Because either he's the child of the first father, and he's, and he's great, or he's the child of the second father, in which case he did yibum. Right? But, but if he's the child, but, but if the first child was the child of the first father, right, then that means that the second husband did not perform yibum. He actually married an Aishas Ach, right? He should not have done that, right? And therefore, even though the first child is for sure going to be kosher, the second child is going to be a mamzer. You can't marry an Aishas Ach, right? That's why he's a mamzer. He's a, but he's not a full-fledged vadai mamzer. He's, he's a mamzer misafek. Because once you carry this to its logical conclusion, right, this child that was born, we don't know if he's premature from the second husband or full term from the first, he's a mamzer misafek on the, off, on the chance, on the possibility that his brother was actually his brother from the first, from another father, right, from the first father. So Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov Omer ain mamzer misafek. Rabbi Yezer, however, ben Yaakov, however, says he's not a mamzer misafek. So wait a minute. What does he mean when he says, Ain Mamzer me Suffolk? That he's not a Mamzer at all because it's a Suffolk? What is he trying to say? My Kamar, what did Rebbe Lezben Yaakov try to say? So Amar Abai, Halki Kamar, this is what Rebbe Lezben Yaakov meant to say. Um, remember we said, I think he wrote Yuma, Rebbe Lezben Yaakov. Anyway, Halki Kamar, Tamin. Halki Kamar, Rishon Rai Lias Koin Gadol. This is what Rebbe Lezben Yaakov tried to say. Certainly, as we've already discussed, the first child is right to be a Koin Gadol. Vesheni Suffolk Mamzer. That's what he means. That the, that the Tanakama, right, in this particular case that we're quoting, if you're a Suffolk Mamzer, you can't even marry Mamzeris. The one thing about a Mamzer that's so limiting is that a Mamzer can only marry a Mamzer, right? Because he can't marry Israel. But a Suffolk Mamzer can't even marry a Mamzer because maybe he's not a Mamzer. Wow. He can't marry anyone, Andrew. But with the answer, Yaakov, however, uh, however, says... In other words, Lezman Yaakov says, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as you can't even marry a mamzer. Yes, his mamzeris is, a, is, a, is in Suffolk, but it's almost like he defines the Suffolk mamzer as a mamzer. Like, it doesn't get worse than that. So once you're a Suffolk mamzer, at least you should be able to marry a mamzer. That was the sheet of Lezman Yaakov. That's what he meant when he said, ain mamzer me Suffolk. It's not really what it sounds like. It sounds like he's not a mamzer. Here it sounds like he is a mamzer. Um, he's a vaday mamzer, is what Abai is trying to say. So when he said, in, in mamzer misafek, what he really meant was, in, there's no such thing as a suffolk mamzer. He's a vaday mamzer, just even, even if you have a suffolk about it. Okay, that's what Abai said. Rabbah's not going to go with this. He's going to go the opposite way. Rabbah Amar, Tachikamar, this is what he meant. As we've said, the first child is kosher lemosheh. And this is the Tanakama now. The Tanakama is going to say what, right, Abaya thinks, Rebbe Lezben Yaakov said, the Tanakama says that the Sheni is definitely a Mamzer Vadai, albeit through a Suffolk, and because he's a Mamzer, because Suffolk means a Mamzer, he's Mutter Mamzeres. And Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, Omer, ain Vadai Mamzer Mi Suffolk. You can't say when you have a doubt, can't treat him like a, ma- a vaday mamzer. El esafik mamzer, but also mamzer. So, bekitzer he flips the shitos, does Rava, and sure enough, that does sound more like what Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov said. He said ain mamzer misafik. Yeah, 
if you have a suffix, you can't consider him a mamzer. And sure enough, he can't even marry a mamzeris. He is a suffix mamzer. Okay. Now, why did they take these opposite views to explain the price? Suffolk commitly gave it to Rebbe Lazar. The Machlokas Rabbi and Rabbi had to do with the sheet of Rebbe Lazar. It's none. Because we learned in the Mishnah in Kiddushin, Rebbe Lazar, Vada'an Bivada'an, uh, Rebbe Lazar Omer, Vada'an Bivada'an Mutter. Yeah, Rebbe Lazar said, if you have definite ones, right, definite mamzerim, you can, well, a definite mamzer can marry a definite mamzer, vadan besfekan, usfekan bevadan, whether it's a vadan, a suffolk, a suffolk with a badai, usfekan besfekan, or a suffolk with suffolk, usr. That marriage is usr ve'elahin sfekan, and these are the uncertain ones. Shtuki ve'asufi ve'kuti. What are the shtuki ve'asufi ve'kuti? Um, not such good yichus, guys. Shtuki means a uh, person who, whenever you say, uh, whenever you have a kid and he says to mom, you know, dad told me that I could borrow the car. She says, easy with the dad. Don't be so quick to, don't, quick, don't be so quick to say dad. Don't assume anything. Uh-oh. Maybe somebody else was, was the dad, right? That's, a Sufi, right, means that you found him like in a bread basket in front of your house, right? In a basket. You don't have any clue who this. And Kusi with the gay Arias and apparently the gay Arias, even though we've said a lot about the Kusim and certain ways where we do trust them, they were not so, so good with the, with the Mamzers. Uh, and they would, they would allow women to, who were previously married uh, with not Bia, but with Kesef Star to get remarried without a get. So these were all Yichusin that were proliferate, that caused proliferation of Mamzeris. So that's not good. So these are considered the uncertain ones. All of these people can't marry even Mamzerim, because why? Because we don't know for sure that they're Mamzerim, but they're Suffolk Mamzerim, and Rabbi Lazar said, don't marry anyone. Oh. And everybody holds like Rabbi Lazar. So if everybody holds like Rabbi Lazar, so that would be a situation where you can't marry a Suffolk Mamzer. However, when I said this in front of Shmuel, he said to me, Hillel apparently disagreed with Rabbi Lazar. Hillel said that there were 10 types of Yichus streams that came from Babel. Kahane Levi Israel. Three of them are obviously Kohen Levi Israel. Chalalei Gerei Charurei. Chalalim, right? Um, where, the, where it became possible Kahuna. Or Gerim. Or Charurei, like Shichurei, like freed slaves. In Mamzerei Nesine Shtuki Vesufis. So we already explains what the Mamzerim are, right? And then the Sinim and the Shtukim and the Asufim. All of them... All of them can marry each other, and in that particular context, even the category next to them, but not the other categories. In other words, but be that as it may, certainly within Mamzerim, within that grouping, because you see it's like Tatzach Adash Be'achav over here, right? Uh, so it's a Dafyomi coincidence, right? We have the 10 Yuchsin, and they're broken up into groups of three, three, and four. But within each group, certainly they can marry each other. Well, guess what? You have all these Suffolk Mamzerim, according to Hillel. And they're marrying Mamzerim. And they're marrying each other. So Hillel clearly holds that Suffolk Mamzer can marry a Suffolk Mamzer. And Rabbi Lazar clearly holds that Suffolk Mamzer cannot marry a Suffolk Mamzer. Well, Abai and Rava fell out on both sheetahs. One fell out like Hillel. And one fell out like, right, like Rabbi Lazar. So Abaye, Sabala, Kishmuel, Damar Lacha, Kehillel, right? Umokila, Rabbi Lazar, and Yaakov, Aliba, the Hilchasa, 
Right? That Abaye holds like Shmuel, who says Allah is like Hillel. And therefore he has to interpret Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, even though it sounds like he's interpreting not like Shat, he's assuming that Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, who after all was quite authoritative indeed, we saw that we went with his Shita all through when we went, were going through Yuma, right? So he, he kind of switched around his words to make the Allah like him, assuming that the Allah was like Hillel. In order to not have a contradiction, right? In order to not have a contradiction from one halacha to the other. However, Rabbah, Savalaka Rav, Dharma Allah right? So it was a machlokas, it went from a machlokas Rabbi Lazar uh, and Hillel to machlokas Rav and Shmuel down to machlokas Abai and Rabbah. Nice little formulation of halacha here. He had like Rav who said that halacha like Rabbi Lazar, Umekala Rabbi Lazar, Bin Yaakov, Aliba, the Hilchasa, Kiechid Lotiksha, right? Hilchasa, Ah, Hilchasa. So both of them, interestingly enough, were not willing to understand Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov in any way other than was the halacha. Just that Abaye held like Shmuel, who held like Hillel, and Rava held like Rab, who held like Rabbi Lazar. And therefore, and they all were consistent with Rabbi and Yaakov as to whether a mamzer can marry. So that we have a machlokas here as to whether a mamzer, Suffolk mamzer can marry a Suffolk mamzer. Now, Abaye is going to support himself. I'm Abaye, Minah, Minah, where do I derive the Chol Sveikal Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov Kevada Mashvilei? Yeah, there's a precedent. Rabbi Lezim and Yaakov in another context holds that every suffix is like a vadai, that even a suffix mamzer should be treated like a vadai. How so? Right? An NBA star. He's got a woman in every port. And he has no idea who he has kids with. They're all over the place. I'm using that term NBA star from Rabbi Leibowitz Shlita. That's not the great Tafiyomi master. And, you know, a woman, she has no idea who the dads are. She doesn't know where, where these children were conceived from. Yeah. If that was the case, in all those cases, right, we consider them like Avada. In other words, right, it's going to turn out that everybody is Mamzerim. In other words, the concern of Lezim and Yaakov was if you allow these people to proliferate, then everyone's going to be mamzerim, and that's what it means, malah art zima. Okay, so it sounds like that's the problem, that even though <laughs> all these cases are suffolk, in other words, none of these um, people who are born out of wedlock, we'll call it, right, there's no guarantee that they're marrying each other, right? We don't know. We, the point is we have a suffolk. We don't know who's marrying who. We don't have any yuchsin. And they still say that they're mamzerim, according to Rebbe Lezben Yaakov. So it sounds like he's treating a suffolk like a vadai. However, Rabbi Amalak Hakikamar, Zu Mahi. Oh, Umalaha Art Zima means Zuma. What is this? Which is to say, Rava is going to say that what Lazarus and Yaakov is saying is not that they're all Mamzerim, but that they're all Besafik. Zuma. He's retaining that very Pasuk and to say, not Zima, they're all Mamzerim, but Zuma, they're all Suffolk, and therefore they should be treated like a Suffolk. So this is, this is a question. Do you treat a Suffolk like a Suffolk, a Suffolk like a Vadai? Okay. Now let's keep going with Elizabeth Yaakov, what he said in these things. Yazir al Yaakov, Lo Adam Yeah, don't pull a Charles Lindbergh. He was the first person to go transatlantic, and sure enough, he had a family, full family in each coast, that didn't know about the other one. Don't do that. Shema Yizdav Because how do you know? Maybe air travel will become more common. Everyone's going to marry each other. Ach You know, people are going to end up, uh, right, violating our rayas, Khalilah. So the Gemara says, So now we're going to quote 
the Gemara and Yuma, it was shocking then, it's shocking still. It, it, but it belongs in Yavamas with its shock value as follows. Rav, whenever he would go to Dardashir, Machris or Amar, whenever he would go to the city and he would be on the road, so to speak, traveling, he would say, who wants to be my wife for today? And he would be Makadish them. He, maybe he wouldn't be Makadish them. Let's see. Rav Nachman Kiikla Lishach Nitziv, Machris or Mani Liyoma. So we see Rav and Rav Nachman used to get a wife for a day. What's going on with this? I thought you're not supposed to have wives in every port. So shiny Rabbanan Tifkiyashimaya, the Gemara says, no, with Rabbanan it's different because if they have kids from those unions, everybody knows, like, it's going to be public that it's going to be the rabbi's kid, which kind of solves the issue of whether you're allowed to have kid, a wife at every port, but it creates quite a few other questions, doesn't it, Barry? But that's, that's besides the point for now. Um, the Gemara says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Amar Rava, the Amar Rava, Paisa, that what, what happened was, if the proposed to woman she accepted, we have more of a problem, but not the problem you thought. So far, we're not challenging this issue of should you just have a wife for a day. We're saying this is the issue. When you propose to women, she accepted, she gets so excited, she has like dam chiba, and she has to sit seven days. And you know that these business trips were only three days long. So how does marriage ever take place? Gemara answers. So you think the Gemara answers? No, they didn't really get married. It wasn't really a thing. No, the Gemara says, no. No, they sent the note ahead of time. They said, yeah, I'm going to marry you. And so they got the Dominique out of the way by the time they got to port. Oh, my goodness. Or, maybe it's not the case. Maybe the Rabbanan, in the case of the Rabbanan, they weren't talking about getting actually married. They're just talking about chilling. They're just going to have Yichud with him. In other words, if all they're doing is chilling, so then why are they getting married? Because they're doing a Kiddushin. As the Mepharshim asks, isn't Pas Basalo, doesn't that mean that like you already uh, put the bread in the basket, so to speak, like that you already were together? Like where's the bread? Where's the basket? All you did was Kiddushin. And th- does, that make, does that make it better? What's going on here? So Tana, or so to this, so, so that's basically, um, right, so that's basically that conversation. Again, we're going to have here, when we, as we had in Yuma, a lot of discussions as to what was the value of this practice. It sounds like they didn't want to have, um, I don't know, Hirurim on the road. And, as, and in order to avoid that, they sort of like designated chills. This is not um, culturally something that we even understand what's going on with. And so, but, uh, but it's Yavama, so everything goes, I guess. Okay, so here we go. Moving on. Tana. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Lo Yisa Adam Ishto Vedaito Lagarsha. Man shouldn't marry a wife with intention of divorcing her. Yeah, that's a jerk move if, if there ever was one. As the Pasuk says in Mishle, Mishim Shinamar, Al Tacharosh Al Reacha Ra'a, right? Don't do evil to your Ra'a, right? In this case, the woman. Right? And he's going to dwell securely with you. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. Somebody puts their faith and trust in you, and they trust you, and then. You take advantage of them. You marry with no intention of staying in the marriage. It's awful behavior, obviously. Okay. Two lines up from the wide. Suffolk v'yabam shebo lachlak v'nichsne mitna. Ah, fascinating idea. Let's get back to little Basra type stuff. We already talked about the, the, the suffolk, right? The suffolk is the child that where the second husband jumped the gun and now a child is born seven months later. We don't know. Is he a child of the first and is he a child of the second? Fascinating nafkamina. They go to Rabbi Rose 
and it's time to, right, the second husband dies now, and it's time to divide the Yerusha. Or, so what are you going to do? <laughs> who, is, who is the Yerusha going to? This guy's a Suffolk. Who is he Yorish from? So Suffolk, Amar, the person who is a Suffolk is going to say, Anabar Misnahu, yeah, I'm the son of the deceased brother, and therefore that entire state is mine. However, it would be Yavam Amar, but the Yavam is going to say, As I'm your father. Yeah, and you got nothing. In other words, you have no claim in the estate. Because again, if the father has a son, if the first father has a son, then that son is going to be Yerushim. He's going to get everything. The Suffolk is going to get everything. Whereas if the, it's the second husband's son, so then that first father died childless and gets who's Yerushim? His brother, not his son. So, so what's the din? Habimamon Hamotel Besafek. There's no chazaka here because it's a true suffix. There was nobody who actually held, the person who held the money is dead. That's the first baal. So now it's literally it's a zero-sum game. Either the son is the first guy's and it's all his or the son is the second guy's and it's all the second guy's. It's a zero-sum game with no chazaka. Cholkin, split it. Case two is more involved. Suffolk uvnei yavam misna. So now they're trying to, a Suffolk and the Bnei Yavam. So now in this case, it's interesting because the Yavam now has sons. Suffolk Amar, who governed by Misnahu, right? I'm the son of the deceased brother. So it's all mine, as he said before. Bnei Yavam Amri, at Achinuat. No, you're our brother. And it's, it's a portion that you have with us. So they want to say in front of Meymar, that's identical to the precedent that we have in the Mishnah. Right, which says this, uh, as follows: that non who eno yorshatam behim yorshinato. Right, that Mishnah, which we'll discuss, which we're going to see on Daf Kuf, right, is going to be a case where he is does not inherit who eno yorshatam. However, they do inherit him. How does that work? Well, Bezrat Hashem, we'll see tomorrow. So we will pick up tomorrow, five lines down in the wide lines, Bezrat Hashem.